What's happening, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Rapping with Reefum. I'm your host, Keith Berkelhammer. So today I welcome Ali Adapore, who is the founder and owner of Amazing Aquariums and Reefs in Orange, California. What's going on there, Ali? What's up, Keith? Finally, after what I've known you for like 53 years, 54 years, <laughs> 60 years, I've known you for 60 years. I'm not 60 yet, dude. So, all right, let's not, uh, let's not go, uh, let's not stretch the truth there that, uh, that right, might, right. you know, but I'm, cl- I'm, I'm going to be 60 this year. So uh, you're just a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm psyched to have you on, man. And, um, we got, we got a lot to, uh, to talk about. We're both, uh, old school reefers and, and we've been, um, kind of catching up and, in uh, conversations uh, leading up to the show here. So I'm, I'm psyched to, uh, dude, have you on and, and uh, talk reef. But before we start talking, I do want to thank the sponsors of the show, both Bulk Reef Supply and Ecotech Marine. Appreciate them supporting the live stream and also appreciate you folks out there tuning in. I see there's a lot of you in the uh, chat. As always, um, please drop your comments and questions and we'll do our best to get to them and um spread the word hit that like button so more people can find the live stream all right so dude how how long have you been keeping reefs wow um i started my first reef it was either 93 or 94 and you know it it was a tiny tank it was maybe a 10 or 15 gallon tank with really easy stuff but yeah since since the 90s so you're um you're coming up on 30 years about 30 years of reef keeping yeah something like that i'm an an old man now (laughs) (laughs) you you and me uh both so um talk to us about your journey though through uh reef keeping so you started back in the uh, in the 90s you said and um you were uh you were telling me that you used to be a moderator on on Reef Central as a uh, as a as a young buck, how how did that all happen, man? How did you get onto Reef Central as a moderator, and and um, how did how did you have the knowledge at such a young age to be a moderator on Reef Central? Uh, well, it was books, magazines, and and just other. And during during that time, the internet was not new, but kind of new, right? But we had such passionate, smart people on those boards. Yeah. Gregory Scheimer, Jake was there during that time. Michael Moy, remember Michael yeah. Moy? Yeah, I I met Michael. He um he, I know he was uh, living in Connecticut when I was living in Connecticut. Maybe he's still in Connecticut, but he actually came over to uh, my house in Connecticut and, and checked out the uh, with Tony Vargas. Right, he came, right. He came over and checked out my tank. Michael G. Moy, man, that guy. You know, he he created Married with Children, yeah. one of the co-creators, the writers, Jefferson's Good Times all the different strokes he would he would actually come over to california and visit me you know maybe once a year back in the day and and we would uh he'd come over my house and then i'd drive him around to all the different wholesalers and the and the (laughs) reef stores during that time and this is maybe 2003 2004 yeah so those were good times um but yeah back then you had such really good passionate people that were super smart had amazing reef tanks back then and most of these guys just had very sis, uh, simple systems they didn't have incredibly you yeah. know difficult or, or tons of we didn't have the gadgets back then we just had basic stuff yeah we had the berlin system doing everything uh 
but hours and hours of just researching back then I, I loved it it was it was you know what I enjoyed doing so <laughs> I was telling you off air right I didn't start off as a moderator I was actually you know I was a I was a young punk on there for for a while <laughs> until I I you know I shaped up and became a good boy and uh, <laughs> yeah that was that was good times though as a moderator you know you would help out a lot of people you would uh I just enjoyed helping people I just enjoyed uh you know just helping out so that that was always uh that was always fun. That was that was a fun little time. Wet Web Media too. Do you remember yeah. Wet Web Media with Bob Fenner? I was one of the crew members on that. Yep. With uh, with Calfo, with Anthony Calfo. I hope he's doing well. I miss that guy. And uh, oh, and Bob Fenner. Miss Bob Fenner big time. Who else was uh, on that? Because I I think one of my other uh, guests was um was uh, was was on Wet Web uh, Media, and I can't remember. Uh, who it was? I, I can't remember either, man. There was so there was a there was a uh, quite a few people in that crew, um, but yeah, those were the fun times. Um, yeah, you know it. Uh, that was really like a major resource for information. But like you said, it was like books and magazines. I mean, that's what our you know us old school reefers. That's that's kind of like how we uh, we learned a lot. Was, was there anybody in particular that you kind of leaned on in terms of following their? Um, philosophies and principles of reef keeping uh my good friend mark mcguire he was uh he was he he was the guy that was probably my reef mentor in the early stages and you know back in 2000 he had a wonderful reef tank just sps and i remember we would go and uh test out lights at his house he'd put on a 20k or a, a 10k i was or not 10k i was talking about a 10k ucio and then two 20k radiums on the side and we're like wow these three bulbs you know perfectly blend everything together tat way was another uh um uh, uh good good figure for me uh he actually owned uh he still owns it rio and tam and all that uh -huh. um, and he had some amazing tanks hidden inside of his warehouse hidden. nobody saw these corals nobody saw these tanks and it was just just mind-boggling stuff way back then joe kelly joe kelly uh he had tank of the month at uh advanced aquarist still a really good friend of mine his tank joe kelly's reef tank back in shoot what was it 2002 to this day that is the best sps dominated tank i have seen joe that kelly. was two, joe kelly i'll send you a, a link uh off off of this uh stream but you got to check out Joe Kelly's old tank. That that so, was some, somebody uh, somebody Google Joe Kelly and, and drop a link in the chat. We can check that out right here on the live and it's stream. K E L L E Y. K E L L E Y. Yeah. Aaron Duss. Hey Aaron. Hey, thank you so much for that very generous uh, super chat. Two cool cats. Great to see you on, Ali. Twenty-five dollars. Uh, <laughs> wow, Aaron. You are the man. Aaron made a comment before. Uh, great to see you on, bro. I should come visit and watch you live. La laugh out loud. We got Rich Colombo. Uh -huh. What's happening there, Rich? Um, we got Mark Vanderwalls in the house. Ali with a double exclamation point. Uh, Marky, Marky. I love you, Mark. He knows I love that guy. He, he, he's, he's one of my reef mentors, man. Mark? One of my inspirational dudes. Back then, Mark was, he was, uh, he was a moderator on Reef Central before me. And, uh, yeah, his 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 knowledge back then was was off the chain, and he was he was young back then too. 
Um, so Paul, our, our moderator, Great Bitter Reef, dropped the link in the uh, in the chat. So it's I think it's on. Um, oh, Reef's. there it is. Com. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Paul. Uh, Mark uh, says Joe Kelly had a sweet reef with turtle grass. With turtle grass. Yep. That's nice. Yeah. Yep. A black yeah. tang back before black tangs were even black tangs. I think they were you know green back then and that, that was all my, of a sudden evolved to black that was like my holy grail fish i i always loved black tangs and i kept um i think i actually had two and i had one um that was you know a pretty healthy specimen but then i got fin rot i should have uh, i had uh bobby miller from humble fish on uh last week and and uh, i should have fed it vitamins to uh, regenerate those uh those fins but um Reckon yeah, pricey, man. They're not cheap. They're still not cheap. I remember they used to be $150 back in the early mm. 2000s. And then they shot up to 300 And then they shot up to 900 And then they shot up to 1500 And I think they're right around 1500 still, right? Some, something There's like nothing that. more gorgeous than like a two-inch black tang. You know, yeah. I mean, that mm -hmm. that is like against all the pastel colors of your your stony yeah. corals. Yep, that's how Joe 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 Kelly has a picture like that in inside of there where it's just a bunch of pastel colored stags. And then it's just his I black tank. I couldn't photograph him, though. You know, I just couldn't I couldn't get the yeah, uh, I, I couldn't right. figure it out. I couldn't figure out how to take pictures of that thing or back then I didn't take videos. It's all pictures. Yeah, that's how it's all changed. Right. Ollie? nobody's taking pictures anymore. It's all video. Yeah. Michael G. Moy would take some amazing photos of fish. I remember his photos were were amazing back then. Yeah. Not a lot of people could take good pictures of fish. I remember San, I don't know San, if you, Sanjay. Do you remember uh, Leonard? Uh, Leonard on Reef yes. Central. This guy, too. He had amazing reef tanks. He always had beautiful clams. Are you talking about uh, Leo? Who? Um, no, no, not Leo. Not Leo. Leo had, yeah, I remember his... Acropora forest tank, right? Yeah. I think I still remember the name of the thread. It, it was called Forest of My Dreams. And that was, <laughs> he had all the big stags back then. He had the uh, convict tanks. Yeah, I still I still remember that guy too. Yeah, yeah. No, there was like a lot of, um, you know, folks on Reef Central that um, you don't like see anymore in terms of uh yeah. today's joe uh, burger remember joe burger's tank i uh, I, I visited i visited joe at least one time maybe a couple of times and um yeah yeah not even sure he's still um keeping reef tanks yeah hopefully uh yeah so um all right so dude man you um what how long have you had the store for tell us a little bit about the store do you want to do a uh like a little walking tour of the uh, yeah, the yeah store? we can do that you know I mean, talk I, to us about so it I opened yeah, we could do that. I, um, in 2000, between 2005, 2006, I was planning the store because I knew I wanted to, to start a store. Um, and I remember I told Jake about it, by the way, here's the, uh, the Jake shirt for everybody. I should have worn mine at least underneath uh, this because you know, I wear the same damn shirt every show. No, that's all right. I wear the same clothes every day. People know <laughs> I got my uniform. Uh, but yeah, so I remember telling Jake, I'm going to open up a store. And he and, and then he got really excited. And this is back in a day where we wouldn't talk on the phone. We would talk on AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> remember? Yeah. AOL Instant yeah. Messenger. We would just talk back and forth on that until yeah. like 2 a.m. And, uh, and he's like, 
I want to come. I want to help. I want to help. I was like, all right, cool. Come over. He's like, buy me a bus ticket. <laughs> so I bought him a bus ticket from, from Denver. And uh, he, he actually came. He stayed with me for a few months. He basically lived with me. And, and uh, you just we fed, just, just fed him. I just fed him. My mom made him breakfast every morning. Uh, we had a lot of good times when, when he was here. And, and then, yeah, we would just wake up get a coffee and then go to the shop and, and just start working on it. He did all the plumbing. He hung all the lights he did. Yeah. He was, uh, he was instrumental in, in helping me uh, start the shop. And it was at the same exact time he was starting reef builders. And uh, yeah, so we kind of started reef builders in my shop. Very, you know, very, very uh, similar times. Chris Carney says, awesome shirt, Ali. Uh, thanks Chris. Um, you want to show that uh, handwritten note that you've uh, found uh, in the shop there from Jake? Oh, yeah, I'll or, show it. Do you, or you it's, don't have to. No, I'll show it. It's, uh, you know, when Jake passed, we were all super, super depressed, right? Everybody was depressed. I didn't want to do any reefing stuff. Like, it just, yeah. I didn't want to, you know, just, Jake was the guy that I would, you know, if something cool happened at my shop or i came across a cool coral or cool fish he's the guy that that hey jake look what i found look what look what happened and same with him when if he when he found something cool he would tell me and it was just you know that that fun brotherhood that we had and uh yeah when he passed it was just still still super devastating but i was just i didn't want to do anything and then i randomly found a handwritten note just just i don't even know where i found it in like a cupboard or or something and it and it's let me grab it and it's just like on a like who would who would think this is just on a piece of uh he just he wrote it and he just stuck it someplace and he just stuck it somewhere <laughs> and uh so i just was like down and out didn't want to do anything and then he ends it he and he you know he writes a bunch of stuff and then he ends it and he writes uh um uh, Good luck and keep it up, lover, <laughs> Jake. <laughs> and uh, just that keep it up, man. When I read that he said that, I was like, all right, I got to snap out of it, man. I got to just get back into, well, you know, reefing. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I can't imagine in terms of, uh, you know, obviously you guys are very close and, and, and his passing has um, just rocked a lot of people, especially those very uh, that were very close to him but i think you know we've talked about this before but um he, his uh his passing also really rocked a lot of people that never met him you know yeah and and that yeah. says a lot so one thing i'd like to say is um uh, it should be reefing school to go and watch all those those videos <laughs> that he did on reef builders all the reef therapy sessions i think it's what episode one through like 53 those reef therapy sessions with jake is reefing school. He talks about old school stuff, new school stuff, just stuff that that actually impacts your ability to have good, successful, simple, easy, you know, thriving reef tanks. And and everybody should watch those. Yeah. Now it's um, required viewing. I, I would say for anybody in yeah. the hobby. Right. Yeah. Um. All right, dude. You want to uh, you want to kind of walk around a little bit and talk about yeah. the shop? Yeah. So, uh, so this is like I'm not a tech savvy guy or anything. So I just got this little iPhone. And it's a and new it's a new phone though, right? So it's, uh... it's it's a new phone, but hopefully I don't mess this up and shake too much. 
I don't have a what's it called a gimbal or whatever. Yeah, you don't need no fancy gimbal. We don't need no fancy gimbal, man. <laughs> All right, let me uh, let me see how to how do I flip this around one second. So okay, you, you were telling me that it. you're only um, keeping retail hours from two to six every uh, weekday. Is that what it is, or seven days a week? You work. You're not there seven two, days, are you? Two to six. I'm closed every Tuesday, so. Today's Tuesday. I came on my day off for you, Uncle Keith, because I love you. But and we got to say that that Jake was uh, recruiting you heavily to be on his uh, retherapy podcast. But uh, you being the busy man, I feel lucky, man. I feel honored to have you on, Ali. This is uh, this I'm, is your I'm first. Happy to be is here. This your man. first like live stream? No. Yeah. Really? No. I, th- I yeah. I think Holy so. Shit. At least at least for reefing. Okay. Um. All right, let's just talk about some yeah. tanks. So this is one of the, the – the I don't do a lot of SPS at my shop, but I'd say this is my SPS tank. Um, and it's a very simple tank. I hope this, this picture looks comes awesome. out okay. It looks awesome. Okay, yeah. cool. So my reefing style is is very little oh, rock Oh, you got the, the black tang in there, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's in there. I got the how's black the po- How's there. that Potter Blue not being an asshole? I mean, is that, is that a new... Uh, n- no, he is a jerk, yeah. but I don't have a ton of fish in here. There is a black uh, tank. the Regal. There's that's a... like another favorite of mine. Oh, yeah, there's man. a Red Sea Regal. If you get the ones from the Red Sea, they do so much better than, than the ones that come from... I mean, obviously, the ones from the Philippines or, or the gray-chested ones aren't, you know, as hardy. But even the other yellow-bellied ones, like the uh, uh, the ones from Maldives, they're they're generally hardy. They eat really well, but they nip at corals like crazy. I've um, and I found from the Red Sea, they they come in in much. I've, I've much, had some uh, good luck with regals. You know, I had one for a long time in in my old. Um, tank in uh i think it was in connecticut oh gorgeous dude and um i had this really awesome miss bar regal angelfish in my peninsula tank and then i had this yeah. mystery uh mystery disease that wiped out a bunch of uh, fish in that tank and and talking oh, to bobby man. miller last uh, week i i you know because i i hadn't been adding any fish there wasn't any you know thing that was going into the tank that potentially could bring disease with it and then all of a sudden out of the blue i had a whole bunch of fish that just croaked and he's like, you know, you can, he's like, you know, you can bring disease in by just bringing in uh, snails. Snails. And, uh, just I, bring... I put a bunch of snails in there, so that must have been it. Dude, I did the same exact thing in this tank. I had a pair of Red Sea Regal Angels, and I wiped them out because I added snails to this tank. The powder blue that you see here and the black mm-hmm. tank, they were completely covered in what I think was velvet. Whoa. They were completely covered, their eyes their gills, they couldn't breathe. They were just in hiding, panting hard. And dude, they just recovered. I did I did a few big water changes uh-huh. and, and wow. uh, knock on wood, I got super lucky. They wow. recovered. But unfortunately the pair of Regals uh didn't make it. So this guy is new. My uh my good friend Sean actually uh broke down his tank and he he brought this guy nice. over. So he's been in here for maybe five or six months and he's he's a pretty model citizen so Not far. A lot. No, he, he's, as I say that, he's, he's like devouring the Gorgonia there. <laughs> yeah. But the, the Gorgonia is pretty much the only thing he nips at. I can't tell. What is the, uh, the green? Um, is, is that a, uh, a carpet anemone or is that green star polyps? So that's, there's two carpet anemones, the uh, Gigantia carpet anemones. Wow. 
so these are, and I remember when I did a video with Jake, we talked about these. This is my favorite thing in the hobby, a green Gigantia anemone with a pair of true perculas in there. To me, that's, that's, that's like, awesome. that's just, I love yeah. it. And it's, um, and it's there's not, a purple it's, it's not wreaking uh, havoc on the uh, rest of the corals in there. No, no, these, uh, these type of carpets, uh, the Gigantias, they come, you know, from areas of really good current and good light, and they prefer to be on hard substrates. They're not like the Hedoni carpets that, um, that are a little more of a fish eater. Uh -huh. And those come from a uh, little, well, they could come from shallow water, but they're usually found in sand beds. So their foot goes way into a sand bed. And if you don't have a deep sand bed, those guys eventually just want to walk around and move for uh -huh. the most part. And then, and then it's over. Yeah. Where the Gigantias usually will stay in one one spot, uh, provided it's a it's a nice Gordon. area. And you said with and you got float. another uh, you said carpet in there. Yeah, so right behind it, oh, there's, yeah. a, there's okay. actually a, a a blue and purple uh, variant nice. too. So they're kind of just kind of those clownfish man there. are digging it. Yeah, they love it. Like a real true. So like you can see the, the clownfish. The yeah, exactly. It's a natural, uh, a natural uh, host. Um, you could see that slimer back there being damaged Green, by the Gigantia. Uh, Valley but... slimer, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the old young yeah. guy. And uh, this is kind of cool. It's a blue squamosa clam. Oh, a blue squammy. Is that yeah. um, is that like a uh, an aquacultured uh, squammy? I think it was wild caught actually. Really? Yeah, I um I didn't think those came through anymore, in, in terms of imports. Well, this is this guy is pretty old. Oh yeah, um, I got that from my buddy Joe, when he had to move. Uh -huh. Good old Joey, and this is kind of cool. This was a uh, one little speck of garbage. I was gonna say that's a bonsai that, uh, coral right there. Yeah, it, it just started off as literally one polyp. I had sold a, a big piece of it that was there. I was on a rock and then a little bit of it was just was just uh, stuck to the to the floor and that just started growing kind of like a uh, a Disneyland castle or something. Look at that. You got like it's you got little cool. maximas like in and around that thing. Yeah, a couple of little red sea maxima clams are in there. What's your uh, you what's your the... secret man with the clams? I noticed you got a lot of clams in there. I have uh, Ali man. I used to have great luck with clams. You know, back back in, I remember back in the your day, claims. you were back in the day. Yep, but, I remember Keith's claims. Yeah. beautiful. Claims. Yeah, I used to have like some teardrops, both the uh, the golden teardrop and and the uh, the blue uh, teardrops. I, I got a lot of my awesome clams from uh, Reefer Madness out, uh, yeah. out by you there. Yep, um, I used to go and visit visit them all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, they had some kick ass yeah, stuff. Jeff and Chris. Yep. Um, so what's um, your secret, man, with clams? Because I, I just, uh, I've lost my touch, or else the uh, the clams I'm putting in. No, you haven't lost your touch. The problem with most clams is most of them have a bacterial uh -huh. issue, so or a pathogen. You, do you remember in the early 2000s we had the the pinch mantle yeah. from all the Ponape clams yeah. that were coming yeah. in, the most beautiful clams ever, and they just wouldn't last. They'd live for three to six months and then just, you know, yeah. die. And then a bunch. And then recently, all those. Uh, when I say recently, what within the last nine or ten years now, those uh, <clears throat> Tahitian maximas have uh, have come in, and most of them are wild caught and and just like plucked off the reef, put in potato sacks, and just walked over to whatever facility and and thrown together. And I think they just get that weird uh, 
pathogen yeah. or whatever it is, and they just don't last. However, the Tahitian clams that are the small Tahitians that are farm yeah. raised, those actually have a really good track huh. record. Um, do you see the big guy yeah. here? That guy was almost on his way out. I did uh, an oxalinic acid and uh, Cipro treatment on him maybe a you, year ago. You the clam. And this guy's, this guy's shell, I mean, his body was totally inside the shell, no extension. And he totally recovered from the oxalinic acid and the uh, and Cipro, and I think I, I threw in some amoxicillin so as you, well. So uh, you this, this uh, is a dip. You 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 took the clam out. Just you the took dip. the clam out and dipped it. Just the dip. Yeah. yeah, I took them out, put them in a big bucket, dipped them for about six hours, and put them back, and slowly got what, better. What uh, what led you to OA? Jake. Yeah, I was gonna say, man, did Jake turn you on to that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He told me to keep it a secret. Don't tell anybody, but everybody knows about it now. <laughs> um, Chris Carney, so, IT flagged so, me at work for looking at Reefer Madness back in the day. Oops. <laughs> yeah. It was hard not to look at Reefer Madness. I mean, it was like the, the stuff they posted was crazy in terms of those acro colonies. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. I heard Fiji is opening up again. Um, yes. It, um, so if they open up, that's going to be amazing. We'll get all those awesome Osteras and and just we've got so many cool corals out of there. Yes, badass staghorns. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Was it is it Fiji or is it? Uh, yeah, you're right. Right, it's Fiji that's opening up. Yeah, yeah. Fiji is where yeah, all the yeah. reefer madness stuff came from. Um, all right, good old Walt Smith. Yep. So, um, all right, dude, continue with the uh, that. How big is that tank? Uh, you know what? I'm kind of weird. I just, I don't, don't even know, know what gallons my <laughs> tanks are. I just measure a size that I like and a number that I like. So this is 65 inches long by 34 inches wide and 21 inches tall. And I love to do the old Japanese method where, uh, they have the, the, the shallow tank so that the water level doesn't go. I, I was going to ask you, it looks, it looks rimless, but it's not. It's yeah, so or is it? it's rimless, but it has triangle bracing uh, okay. on, the, t on okay. the edges okay. of it just to help a little bit with support. So when you don't have the water level also all the way to the top, you don't have that pressure. So, so you're not getting a lot of splashing you know, over it because of the flow. Yeah, I mean, the splashing is one thing, but I mean, the structural integrity of the yeah. tank improves yeah. when, when you don't have it filled all yeah. the way, right? So it's a lot stronger. Yeah. Um, and when, it, when you don't do a ton of rock, you could get away. I just have a couple neuros in here and an old uh, uh, gyre pump that I've never cleaned. And <laughs> really? that's it for water flow. <laughs> gyre, you've never, you've... And right now the neuros are on 50%. Uh, they're not on full blast. The neuros are incredibly strong powerheads. The neuro sevens are incredibly strong. They're even stronger than the MP40s. And, you know, I don't think they could advertise that, but they are. Yeah. They're, they're amazing. Um... It's a, it um, looks like a very simple setup. So you don't have a lot of rock in there. You do not have a lot of rock in there, it seems like. No, barely any rock. Here, I opened the stand door so you could kind of see what's in this, what's in here. Yeah, so what, let's talk Talk to us about what's under the hood. There's a protein skimmer. Yep. And there is a small return pump. And when I say small, <clears throat> this is how much current that's coming out of my one single return. Can you see that? Yeah. See that tube? Yeah, that's what's coming out. It's like it's like 200 gallons per hour. Wow, that that's nothing, it's like, man. It's like a, that's nothing. I could 
I could use a MaxiJet 900 as a return pump, and I could care less. I think too many people overdo their, their return pump size. Stur I don't think it makes a Stur difference. One, two times turnover is Sturgis plenty. Reef makes a funny point. Laugh out loud. Don't touch the gyre. In, in, in other words, don't try to do any maintenance on them because you're going to break it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know better than, than to take them apart. If I'm going to clean that thing, the way I would clean it is uh, fill up a five-gallon bucket with fresh water and add some citric acid and put it on low flow and just run the yeah, the, that's smart. the gyre in the citric acid and then just wash it real good You're a smart with, man. with tap water and then give it an RO You're bath. You're a smart man, dude. I've, I've taken them apart and I just can't get them back together and working properly. Um, yeah, so... Very low turnover on all my tanks. I'm not a giant fan of doing uh, big return pumps at all. I don't need so, to waste the energy. So you got a protein skimmer, a small return pump. You got some decent flow going on in there. You don't have a lot of live rock. I see. Is that a bare bottom tank? It's bare bottom, but it's pretty much covered in Coraline now. Yeah. So it's, it's like a rock bottom now. And then for lighting, there's a... Uh, there's a metal halide. 10K metal halide in the yeah. middle, 250 watts, and then two Gen 6 uh, Radeon Blues on the sides. And usually, I run my lights for total six or seven hours on all my tanks. I don't, I'm not running them 10 or 12 or 13 uh -huh. hours. Six or seven total. And what mm -hmm. I like to do is uh, I like to run the, the metal halide maybe for three or four uh -huh. hours and then to get that crazy, you know, Instagram orange filter <laughs> blue pop, uh, it'll be the radions for the for the final, you know, couple hours, yeah. so that you could enjoy both styles, and you don't have to settle on a white tank and a blue yeah. tank. You could, you could get that natural esque look, and then also get that insane blue pop. Yeah, Reef Exotica by Luis Aceves. Yeah, Luis, we're talking about that Regal. It's a um, not captive bred, right? uh ali uh no it's wild caught from the red and sea. Uh, it's been pretty good in terms of not nipping at corals and stuff like that if if you if you guys want to know where to get those sea dwelling creatures that's the wholesaler so if you got a retail shop that buys from them sea dwelling creatures usually gets the the best regals in my experience with regals sea dwelling creatures the whole the wholesaler there when they get red sea regals you got to jump on them because they do they do really well so this this big tank is actually plumbed into this little uh, 24 inch by 24 inch nice. cube that mainly has a, a Magnifica anemone as like the showpiece at the top of the rock yeah. there. So that's a big Magnifica anemone, and obviously this this light turned to the blue hue right now. So it's just soft corals. I mean, there's a there's a couple acros yeah. in there. Uh, but it's just soft corals. And, what, what are you, what are and, you doing, uh, man, in terms of supplementation, in terms of calcium and alkalinity? Are you doing two-part? Are you doing a little calcium reactor? What's your deal there? Cockwasser? Uh, I, don't, I don't do calcium reactors here because I don't want to uh, risk screwing them up because I know I probably will screw <laughs> them up. Um, so I just rely on on old reliable uh b ionic part yeah. a part b b ionic yeah. with a dosing yeah. pump uh however i do utilize a kalkwasser reactor and i um i have basically all my fresh water going uh, through with the caulk you know go through yeah. the kalkwasser reactor yeah. um and i have kalkwasser reactors on most tanks on a on the big big coral selling systems um i'll show yeah. you real quick like 
Like all these guys, yeah. I have, uh, you know, I just have a 44 gallon brute drum with a, with a Versa, uh, pump above That's it. Do dosing the Cogwasser. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the way you're yeah. doing it. Um, and I just monitor my pH yep. there. Um, and that seems to do a good job. I love Kalkwasser. Kalkwasser is amazing. And I recommend everybody, even, a, even if you have a 20 gallon nano tank, you could set up, you know, put a Versa as your ATO and then have it draw from a five gallon bucket with yeah. a little bit of Kalkwasser in there. It's so easy. And, you know, you're not, it's so easy. And with the Versa, you know, you're just going to be, uh, it, there, there's no sensors with the Versa. So you're just going to be, um, estimating what your evaporation is and then just inputting that in in mls and just have the versa do it on continuous and, and, it, and it's super super and it's easy. cheap and it's cheap yeah, yeah look at that tank man is um, that the turtle grass uh tank there yeah nice. here you go marky here's the turtle grass <laughs> um i got something crazy cool in this oh, tank you got this my was favorite actually, rasses in that tank dude the african leopard rasses this was yeah, yeah, I love the leopards. Uh, there's a pair of um, there's a pair fish. of uh, African flamebacks yep. too in here. That's really cool. That is so um, cool. So this was Jake's favorite tank. He actually featured this tank on Reef Builders back in uh, 2008, and I think it has 700,000 views on this tank. Whoa. Um, and it's just a very simple tank. So this tank is just operated with four plugs. There's a plug for the metal halide. There's a plug for the old uh, Tunzi uh, NanoStream skimmer. I mean, a uh, NanoStream uh -huh. pump. Uh, a plug for the protein skimmer down below. And one, two, oh, and a plug for the return pump. Yeah. Just you know what? Plugs. It just looks so natural. It, it just looks like you've got a little piece of the, uh, you know, some lagoon in your shop right there, dude. And it, and it's um, it's a great look. And, and uh, I think a lot of people get caught up with just um, trying to, cram too much too many corals in a tank and they don't let stuff grow out and it's just great to kind of see you know in a, in a softy tank like that um such a natural type of look and, and and letting uh letting it just evolve organically absolutely there's just what one there's like four corals in here there's some of that uh the true red sea pulsing xenia yeah back from jeff uh way back in the day uh, check this out this is crazy Ooh. That's a ribbon. Somebody was eel, asking about that. Percy was asking. So th this ghost ribbon eel, what makes it unique is that he actually eats pellets. Really? So I just feed him pellet foods. That's it. Usually uh, ribbon eels, you know, they require live food. If you're super lucky, you could get them to, you know, eat a little bit of uh, uh, just some type of. Uh, frozen krill or silver side but this guy just picks up pellets off the floor and, and eats you got them. the uh, it's pretty it's pretty you got wild the orange spotted file fish did i see a um a chayote leopard brass in there no, no there's no uh there's not one of those there's a uh a Le uh, a timor oh wow there's a timor and oh, then there's okay. a there's a couple of regular leopards and then the africans yeah um so yeah this tank is super easy not much to it but it's the one tank at the shop that probably gets the most attention just because it's so simple. And like you said, it's, it's a very natural-esque tank. You get a lot of people saying, like, I want a tank like that. Can you help me set one up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. People walk in all the time and, you know, they'll look at – that's why I, I kind of like having a lot of displays is people get different ideas. Yeah. 
And also, I'm an addict. I, I have <laughs> to, I like different themes. I like different styles. And it, a lot of people that can't, you know, that don't have the ability to have a bunch of different tanks, you know, unfortunately, they, they're, they, every coral looks nice, right? So you just start cramming a bunch of different corals into one tank and it doesn't look natural or it just, it just looks confusing and, and just odd. So, and I, I'm guilty of that myself, but because I have a lot of these different tanks, I could do a, uh, um, Oh, we lost them. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> we'll get him back. I think he's, he's already calling me back here. Let's see. Uh, Ali there, Ali. Yeah. Oh, we got you. Uh, I, I got a call and it threw me off. Sorry. <laughs> you got kicked off, huh? There we go. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just saying, uh, when you have, like, a bunch of the different tanks that I do as display tanks, you could, you could you know, do more themed tanks if you wanted to and uh, just kind of, you know, do different things. Oh, so that's a halide you got over that tank. Yeah. yeah. It's a uh, it's an old school... 14 it's a 14k double ended on this one. Oh, wow. Nice. Um and then uh this is another rimless tank with a uh, the low water level. This one I actually have a halide but the halide shut off and there's just a single AI blade uh -huh. over it right yeah. now. And these AI blades are pretty incredible. <laughs> I I uh, I didn't think they were going to be this this powerful and this you nice. Like them, huh? Uh, and have this much spread, but they are they are really nice. And this is just uh, just a simple LPS tank. A lot of uh, I see a cans in there, right? Fabias. Um, there's yeah, there's there's some. Uh, don't call them a cans, man. Jake would get mad. They're called microbes. <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> what are you doing for those? Uh, are you doing anything special in terms of feeding them or uh, any any? I don't do crap for these things. <laughs> these are LPS, man. LPS are easy. You don't have to do a bunch of stuff for them. Just just don't blast them with a ton of light. Don't put animals in there that eat them. Like, uh, I have three tangs in here, but a lot of tangs will nip at stuff like lords and yeah. uh, and lobos and brains. You got to keep an eye on them. A lot of customers come in and, and they tell me, you know, you know, uh, all my corals are doing great except this one or except these two what's going on and nine out of ten times it's nothing to do with their water it's it's just a a fish that's nipping at them or a shrimp peppermint shrimp are notorious you know nippers of lps so so um uh nlg makes a very nice comment here you had uh reef them you had chris meckley on and he said the problem with this hobby is there are too many selfish um Selfish people in the hobby. Ollie is the epitome of unselfishness for the hobby. Helps anyone and everyone. Who said that? I paid him some money or something? <laughs> and L I should give him a super N period, chat. L period, G period. What uh, is that? Uh, is that a uh, Ganiapora with a... Uh, what? What is that, dude? It's got two different colors going on there. Yeah, it's it's kind of a bicolored one. It's pretty cool. Wow! It's, it's split right in half. It's not two different pieces. It's one piece that just has the split down That's the middle. That's crazy. And uh, you got that from a wholesaler or something? Yeah, yeah, from one of the wholesalers. I can't even remember remember which and, one. Uh, is that for sale? Uh, so like some of these pieces, 
I would sell if someone offered a bunch of money, but <laughs> honestly, I probably still wouldn't sell it because I, I enjoy that coral so much. But um, yeah, my don't sell plan that, with man. that don't one, sell that. my plan is just to eventually let, let it get a little frag bigger it. and then yeah. frag it and then just sell the yeah, frags. Yeah. Talk, so um, talk to us, man, about uh, what you're feeding these tanks in terms of fish and coral food. If you're doing anything, is it amino acids or anything special that we should know about? Nah. I feed them. Uh, that's the Jason Fox answer. Nah, <laughs> nah. <Water> changes. <laughs> I don't even do a ton of. I do water changes, but I do my water changes uh, surgically, meaning I don't do big water changes. I might do a five or ten gallon water change, but I actually get in there with a half inch, uh, you know, little half inch hose, and I siphon out detritus or gunk. So I concentrate. So basically that five gallons that I pull out of the tank is nasty. It's dirty water. And then I, you know, put in nice clean yeah. salt water back yeah. in. So you're just um, taking the try But I don't out. just taking the try this out basically. So I, I'm not just changing the nice clean part of the tank and then dumping water in like that. And and and, um, and for food, I just feed basically pellet foods for the most part, huh. just for the fish. Uh, I don't really feed any of my corals, and I have really old established LPS colonies. Um, I shouldn't say never. If I'm bored once in a blue moon, I might do something. I might throw something in there, but it's nothing on a schedule. I don't feed twice a week or once a week. It might be three months since I throw a coral food in this tank. And so it's. And uh, I'm going to assume that you don't have a lot of issues with problematic algae. <clears throat> No, no, not really. I mean, there's sometimes you get this like funky algaes that you've never seen before. That's more of a macro yeah. algae and not, not a micro algae yeah. where it comes from dirty water, but no, not, not really. Luckily, knock on wood, I've been okay with that and, stuff. And, and knowing um, your simplistic approach or just assuming a, a, sim, a simplistic approach, I'm, I, uh, I assume you're not dosing nitrates or phosphates or are you? Nope. No? I don't do any, I don't listen, this is going to sound crazy. But I have never once done a nitrate or phosphate test ever. <laughs> I mean, okay, maybe in the '90s when I, when we had the little basic titration test kits with which are nitrates, yeah. but you know, I don't really. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I ju I'm just saying I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Some people might need to, you know, test that stuff if if you're trying to keep a full blown SPS dominant system and get the perfect color sure test that stuff sure dose that stuff but that's not i, I like simple reefing i like to keep low maintenance what, corals i like to keep i was going to say what so what 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 are you testing and, and how often are you testing well i have a uh, ph monitor <laughs> oh look I have, I have a friend coming right now i have a friend coming right now oh he could join us on the live stream <laughs> he could join us. <laughs> this is this is amazing i should let him in and we could uh we, we should we should have a third guest well, you're closed dude so you know i mean what the hell you gotta have a day off yeah, no it's, it's 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 just a we unfortunately we got some homeless people oh. in the area so these are these clams are pretty awesome these are wild caught Australian clams, and they rarely have permits to bring out Aussie Maximas. Uh -huh. Wow. I don't know yeah, if you can no, see, we them, can but see them. They're, they're pretty big, yeah. and they're actually attached to rock work, meaning they were they were uh, taken with the rock work off the reef. And so they stayed they attached. Came with they rocks. stayed attached. 
Yeah, they stayed wow. attached. This is pretty incredible, too. This is a ginormous elegance coral that's probably, I don't even know, almost 18, 20 inches in, in diameter. Wow. So that's that's pretty cool. You don't see big, giant elegances no, that big often. No, no. All right, so let's get back to uh, testing, man. So pH, all right, you're doing that. Well, I have uh, an Apex that 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 has a, a pH uh, um, monitor, oh. right? So I just I just kind of take a glance at my pH, and usually at nighttime is about eight point one, and as high as eight point four during the daytime. Yeah. Um, nice. That's so that's where pretty, you get for that's where simple. you get with the two part and uh, cockwasser and the cockwasser yeah. exactly. Yeah. So very very simple. Uh, and every now and then I'll measure alkalinity, magnesium, and calcium. Like, like how um, often? Uh, maybe every two to four weeks. Wow. So no, no alkalinity monitors for you. No, no, no. I, I had, I had tridents and stuff. I eventually took them down. It was too much work to, to upkeep and change reagents. Now, look, if I had one tank at my house, if I just had one tank at my house, I might have yeah. one of those. But with all these different systems, it's just way too damn much to keep in track of and and then get fault faulty readings because the reagent's low and you know this and that. So and in here, this sump, same thing. It's it's a very simple sump. It's just the, uh, the caulk reactor, the two part yep. dosing of bionic, the the little skimmer, and then a small small return pump. Bada bing, bada boom. And, and uh, so, like you said, water change wise, you're just basically siphoning out detritus in these systems, and you're not shooting for a particular percentage. You're just getting whatever you can get out with the detritus, and and uh, that's what you're doing with that. So, I mean, Ollie, yeah. I mean, so you're not doing ICP testing, I'm assuming. Uh, nope. nope. Only when there was that bad batch of uh, tropic marin salt going around, I did an ICP test during that yeah. time. Um, but if there's so I test every day, but you know how I test? I look at the damn corals. If the corals are polyped out, if they're fluffy, if they look good, if they have growth yeah. tips, what 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 else do I got to test for? It's all perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and then you know you back it up with occasional testing here and there. And if something is awry or something looks weird, and I know it's not from a fish nipping, then sure I'll test right away and and see how, what's how, going um, on. How do you manage? So you know. Obviously, you're taking stuff in from wholesalers, and um, uh, you know, and, and and I'm assuming you're getting some stuff maybe from some hobbyists as well. I don't know. I mean, you're you're bringing stuff into the uh, into the shop there, right? Yet everything yeah. looks pristine. What do you have a quarantine process? Are you dipping stuff before it goes into these uh, tanks? Is there a quarantine system? Yeah. So so yes and no. I don't have a separate quarantine tank, but when I bring in corals, I do depends on what kind of corals first of all i'm not buying random uh you know acroporas all the time i very 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 rarely am i going to bring in a wild caught acro um just because i don't want to deal with flatworms and, and other yeah. pests uh so i don't bring in a ton of acros but my lps when i bring them in let's say i bring in uh you know a lord colony or or something i I'll always do a regular dip on them with a mix of the Red Sea coral dip, a little bit of potassium, uh -huh. and uh, the Brightwell Coral MD. So I mix all those up and a little bit of Revive. 
And I do that dip. And then after that dip, I will wash the coral for seconds in, in pure RO water, just, just fresh water, just, just for like three rinse. seconds and to rinse the dip out. And also I think that little fresh water kind of like will wash off any flatworms that could have remained too. Yeah. Um, or it, not for sure, but it, it, it helps. And then if I bring in, um, like, let's say I bring in a frog spawn or a euphilia or a torch. Well, those things are super, super sensitive. I mean, not sensitive, uh, prone to getting uh, those polyclad flatworms. And that's one of the biggest ways those things die is because of those damn polyclads. So I, I do all those dips on them. And then I keep those particular ones in systems that do not have any euphilias mm. in them. So I don't risk getting my healthy mother colony yep. sick. Um, and if they do good in those systems for three or four months, and I know for sure there's nothing on there on them, then then I might uh, move them on to uh, a different a different yeah. tank that that has a, houses other ones. Um, but I'm super picky about the stuff I bring in, and then also with uh, with torch corals and and um, uh, a lot of LPS, I'll do prophylactically the uh, the antibiotics as well. So I'll put a little bit of oxalinic acid, a little bit of cipro, a little bit of uh, uh, um, amoxicillin inside of uh, just just a dip and and just put them in there for four to six hours. Interesting. Um, and that helps a ton. Elegance corals these days. Well, if you get an elegance coral from Australia and it has a cone bottom on it, <clears throat> meaning meaning it wasn't chipped off of uh, a big mother colony. Uh -huh and it's from Australia, and and you do those dips on it, and you do the antibiotic dips, 95% of the time that elegance coral is going to be like the elegance corals that we had back in the early 90s mm. where they were bulletproof. You couldn't kill elegance corals back in the day. And then ever since, what, like 2002 until, yeah. until now, basically, you can't keep them alive. You get the ones from Indonesia, and they just, they just don't last. But if you get an Aussie one with a cone bottom and you do those dips, you're golden. What uh, for people out there that don't know the uh, what you're talking about? What what's the uh, the protocol in terms of the dip? I mean, you're you're mixing a lot of stuff together there. You're you're uh, you're doing both Cipro and OA together along with some other stuff and amoxicillin. Mm, so I'll, that's quite uh, a cocktail, man. Let's say. Yeah, yeah. Hit it hit it at all angles. Who cares? <laughs> Just go nuts with it. And that's all. That's all I one, mean, one dip thing. That's a one dip thing. I'll, I'll just get like a big tub, add some salt water to it, add a, not a big tub, but when I say big tub, it might be a two gallon uh, tub. And I might add uh, a 500 uh, milligram Cipro tablet. Uh -huh. Then I'll add 250 to 500 milligrams of amoxicillin and just a couple little uh, small, small little tiny scoops. You know, the scoops that come with ChemiClean? Yeah. I'll add a little bit of oxalinic acid, uh, and then I, I just mix it all up really good and then put the coral in there and just let it bathe in that, that little mixture for four to six hours. With, uh, with a power head and going? The, no power no head. Power I just, head. just put them in there. Yeah. Um, and then that's it. I don't add amino acids or trace elements or anything like that to the dip like I've heard some people talk uh -huh. about. I don't, I don't want to dirty that water. I just want pure antibiotics and clean salt water, and that's wow. it. Um, so, so yeah, I do, I do that. And, um, yeah, that's, so this is just a 20 gallon, uh, red sea reefer tank. That's super simple. It's just 
some some plate corals and you got some zoas at the bottom yeah. and a giant so this is pretty pretty simple tank might do a, a one or two gallon water change to it once every month or uh, something maybe if yeah. that it's a simplistic approach of reef keeping yep super simple yeah Super simple, but they can keep an eye on they things. Can is, um, got, That's a really nice elegance, elegance back there yeah. with the with the orange yellow tips. Satosa is that an orange Satosa back there? Yeah, that's a Satosa way back there. Super this is a gigantic chalice in the back. Yeah, it's too big. I need to. <laughs> I could throw this around like a giant frisbee right now. <laughs> This is like a mixed reef, man. You got acros in there. You got LPS. You got um, digging it. Yeah, just simple, uh, easy corals. Oh, wow. Look at that. Billy Sprout, show the Manila Spy. I guess you haven't gone to that yet. The Manila? Oh, that's that's uh, yeah. Jake's coral that he, uh, that he brought over from Dubai, yeah. right? Yeah. Wow, look at that piece, man. Pretty amazing, man. So, yeah, very. So this is my sump for this whole system, and it's basically just a protein skimmer with uh, a return pump or a bunch of return pumps because it's one system, so it shares this sump. So the return pumps shoot into the different. Uh, so no, different uh, no UV sterilization for you. No, I'm not opposed to doing UV on reef tanks. I it's just too risky for me because. What happens sometimes is those damn things will get a crack in them, and then you're dealing with electrocuting stuff, and I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> Electrocution would not be so good. It's just an, yeah, it's just another thing I'd have to worry about, so I don't run uh, UVs. This this acanthophilia is, is mind-blowing. That is. That's incredible. Holy smokes, man. Well, that's what you get for being out there uh, on the left coast with all the uh, corals coming through. You know what, man? Corals are coming through everywhere these uh, days. A lot of places. I, I get corals from Texas. I get corals from really? all over. Yeah, huh. I get them. They're, you know, corals are coming in everywhere now. Well, you obviously um, know the right people, man. Yeah. Well, that helps. You know, you build relationships with the with the suppliers, and your suppliers basically become become friends and family because yeah. you see them once a week and for years and yeah. years. These are some cool blastomusa. Dude, man, you got like a uh, a ton of corals. Yeah, there is a lot of corals. But obviously, you've got the business, man, where you can uh, you can have that sort of collection going. Yeah. There's a, I have a lot of old, uh, long time customers. Like I was saying with the suppliers, same with the customers, they become like family and friends and you build relationships with these people and they actually become very close friends. A lot of them. And if you're, if you're a nice guy and you're cool with them and you don't rip anybody off and you treat people nice, yeah. you know, some of my best friends came from, uh, from the shop. Oh Yeah. You're not freaked out by having those paleys back there? 
Heck no. <laughs> these are the old Palithoa Grandis. Yeah. The sun polyps that I, me, I, and Jake, uh, me and Jake love these things. They're awesome, and, man, uh, but they're freaking dangerous. You know, they ain't that bad. You know what's really <laughs> bad is the is the the other Palithoas, the, the proto-Palithoas, the... Uh, you, have you seen the nuclear deaths or the uh, I think so. purple? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's the other one called? The nuclear greens. Yeah, yeah. Though that style of palithoa, those are incredibly. Uh, those are really, really, really bad. Oh, are they? I think I, I think those I have some of those. If you have those, I suggest. No, I used to just junking them. Yeah, and and don't just get them and throw them away. You yeah, wanna, I know. Bag them underwater, yeah. put them inside some type of container, seal it, seal it completely, and then put it out outside in a dumpster. <laughs> um, so nobody else could get hurt by them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you gotta you gotta be careful with some of that stuff. And then you know, when you have the regular pallies and and the regular zoanthids, those are actually not too bad unless you're rubbing them all over your nipples or something <laughs> which i'm known to do but well we're not going to go there just, yeah so man what's um, what's your favorite uh what's your favorite coral in the shop right now like top three my let's, favorite let's my say favorite top coral. top three corals in the shop right now oh man okay there's there's so many but it's got to be maybe top all right, five do top five um so that um, that well that gigantia anemone is an anemone, so it doesn't count as a coral. So that that is one of my well, that's my favorite favorite. If I just had to have one okay. thing, um, this this um, lobo right Whoa. here. That's a lobo. I think so. It's either a lobo or some failure or one wow. of those goddamn things, but That's I think so it's a I think it's red. a lobo. Yes, it is. It's super red. So when I first opened my shop in 06, 07, I remember the supply. I, I was I was bringing in corals back then, and and the supplier I remember from Indonesia. He said he's going to put something special in my box, <laughs> and it was this thing, but it was way smaller. And then, unfortunately. I killed that mm. coral. So I've had two stores so far. I've had one down the street and I was there for five years. And then I moved to this location, which is my new location, but I've been here for 12 years. Well, anyways, I killed that coral over there. And then when I moved to this location, I got another shipment from Indonesia, the exact same coral. So I got that coral back wow. basically. And it's the exact same size as how big the other one was when That's I killed crazy. it. That's crazy. So I love this That's coral. That's crazy. Um, that giant elegance I showed you in yeah. the other tank, that is also on the That's list. number three. For, That's also there. This is an, a really beautiful uh, sarcophyton. Mm. That thing is gorgeous yeah. with the white yeah. tips. That sea fan it's a true gorgonia i don't know if you could see it back there yeah it's kind of hard to see but it's i can a, i i can i can uh, i get the gist it's a true sea fan and it's photosynthetic and that's that's got to be up there on my list as top corals as well um you haven't you haven't named yeah, an acro yet i mean um 
And and uh, based on what I could tell in terms of your collection, Ali, you're not like a uh, you're not a name game kind of person. I mean, you you you, uh, no. you you showed us the Green Valley Slammer, which is an old school classic. Um, you showed us the yeah. Garf Bonsai. Like the my... Garf Bonsai is probably my favorite in your uh, collection that I could see. Garf Bonsai, Milka Stylo, oh, you awesome. got the, the Yongi. I like the old school stuff, man. I like that stuff is easy to keep. We haven't seen this tank. You don't have, have we? to do anything. Um, this is just a little two gallon or two and a half gallon uh, desktop Pico tank, and it's just flower anemones nice. with with um, a tiny little filter on there, just moving water around. There's no media in that filter. It's just moving water. And then there's actually some turtle grass that I got from uh, Julian. That turtle grass tank I showed you before, that all that grass came from Julian too. Really? He gave me, I think, five or six, five or six strands, and then it took off. So it's just a little desktop tank on the on the counter here. Oh, this is cool. You see all these uh, paintings yeah. up here? My sweet old mama paints really? these. Really? Yeah, she's a she's a really good artist. Those are not these are all oil. oil those are paintings. not photographs. Those, that's actually oil paintings. Yeah, Whoa. yeah, they're all oil paintings that she does. Wow. She was like, "Do you want me to paint you a fish?" <laughs> I was like, "Okay." And then she painted that uh, the clownfish one first, and then slowly she did the other and ones. You got the uh, the fathead, um, Antheus. The yeah. uh, what is that? The um, the peppermint. The hell freaky. Yeah. Oh, the peppermint yeah, angel. Yeah. yeah. And the uh, mandarin. Yep. Really. Pretty sweet, dude. Yeah, she she got skills. <laughs> yeah. That lady got skills. <laughs> well, you you definitely got some skill there too, man. Because obviously you're uh, you've got quite the talent in terms of reef keeping. There's another tank. That's a little nice peninsula tank you got going there. Yeah, this is just my fish only tank. Well, there's there's sea anemones in here too, but it's just a uh, just a fish tank with. Uh, I got my Harlequin Tusk in here, and you got a couple. Of, you got, got a couple of couches, easy. so you got your your uh, customers just kind of hang out <laughs> and uh, talk reef. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. No, uh, my my shop. I'm closed today, so nobody's here. But my shop is like a sitcom. You get the funniest people that come in. We have we have a blast, and everybody just has so much fun. So that's why you're only retail's only open for four hours a day because you you'd get nothing done. If you're, I'd get nothing done, man. Some of these bastards don't leave. <laughs> they just stay on the couch for hours and hours. See, uh, I got some guys. They come here when I open, and they leave when I close. <laughs> what? So what are they? They're not. They're not working or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> I make fun of them too. I tell them, "What the hell are you doing here? Go." So it's like you got your own little <laughs> reefing club going on there. Yeah, it's pretty fun. We got this. Is this is one of the this is one of the guys that comes and sits on the couch. <laughs> I made a poster of so if you see him notify me <laughs> notify the authorities hmm well interesting I think he's watching on the stream too <laughs> is, is is Percy Adams watching <laughs> all right so now we're gonna start the inside jokes <laughs> is is uh Percy Adams watching uh, yes uh Percy Adams is watching Percy's my boy man he lives in Tahiti and he comes over and visits about once a year with his lovely wife, Veronica. And, and uh, the last time, well, one of the last times they came, Veronica, speaking of clams, 
And remember, they're in Tahiti, where a lot of these clams are found. She brought me uh, Maxima clam curry, made in coconut curry, fresh, like just a whole jar of a bunch of (laughs) Maxima clams and coconut curry. And it was delicious. Well, we're going to have to show the, uh, you send me some pictures of this uh, incredible clam. Oh, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll show that. Um, see. Uh, yeah, I'll tell that, that clam story. ACI is in the you. house, both Chris and Amanda. What's happening there, guys? Um, uh, Billy says, everyone should visit at least once. It's cooler than any public aquariums. I don't know, man. It sounds like you're having just a lot of fun there, Ollie. <clears throat> you know? It, it, honestly, yeah, it's super fun. It's super fun. Did you pull up those clam pictures? Uh, yeah. Why don't you uh, Why don't you flip back around there so we can see your lovely face? And um, unless you got more you want to show us. Uh, no, I mean, it's cool. Go uh, ahead. You finish the so, tour if you want to finish the tour. No, no. I'm, well, you know what? Uh, there's a couple yeah, things yeah. I'll show you, but I'll yeah, show you uh, at the, at the okay. end. You want me to show you now? Up to you, man. Up to you. I'll show okay. you now. Let's go to the back room. Oh, we're going. We're going to the secret back room. I'm setting up some frack systems over here. That's going to be cool. But check out this anemone. This is my one of one anemone. Oh, how come that didn't make your top five list? Or oh, it's not a coral. I forgot. I forgot about it. Honestly. Yeah. So this anemone is a bubble tip anemone. Can you see the tips yeah. on it? That's crazy. Pure white tips. And the, this is just under pure white light right now, too. It's not under any uh, blue light or anything. It's just this anemone, actually, Jake wanted the first, and I promised him the first uh, split off uh-huh. of it. Um, but this is, hasn't split yet. But this thing is just incredible. I've been doing anemones for years and years. I've never seen one like this. That I mean... That, that's that's just crazy and, and in terms of being under the white light you know i can imagine that just, uh, just in a 20 gallon nano well i have it in a in a specimen box uh-huh. but so, so this is just a tank with a giant uh cinularia and then a couple of uh tank spawned uh, uh gold torch corals and a uh a purple sea bay anemone and then you have that this. tommy dumas mm-hmm. is calling it the boom boom room <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Tommy. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah, that's so. Back here, I do a little bit of propagating of some some softies, uh-huh. and these are some really cool elegance corals that I'm slowly uh, propagating uh-huh. as well. Um, did you tell us what you were? These you, corals, the orange tongue corals, are oh, awesome. Yeah. Orange tongue corals are one of my favorite. Mark, one of Mark's favorites too. Yeah, gorgeous. Some more anemones that I'm propagating here. Chris from ACI says, "I remember Jake mentioning this uh, BTA. Nice." <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, Ali, uh, remind us again. What are you feeding the uh, the tanks in terms of uh, fish fish food? Pellets, pellets. Um, spectrum pellets. I'll feed some of the TDO pellets from time to time. The spectrum pellets, just pellets, because because with pellets I could just grab a jar and kind of just shoot them inside the tanks like like Kobe and just shoot them in the tanks and and not have to get my hands <laughs> watery and wet and it's just it's super easy. 
so yeah, basically, um, just pellet foods. Um, from, like I said, from time to time, I might do a little bit of frozen food. Uh, I do like the LRS frozen food. That stuff is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I like the rods as well. Rods is great. And I like the Hikari, just the, the cubes, yeah. uh, spirulina brine, spirulina mysis. But 98% of the time, I'm just feeding, um, I'm just feeding pellets just for convenience. Um, and it works good. Yeah, obviously. And it's easy. Um, all right. So let's, um, let's, let's show the, uh, the clam stuff. So, oh, yeah. um, yeah. talk to us about, so I'm showing a picture here of this. Uh, what, what kind of clam is this? So this is a devil clam, a Tavora clam from, uh, from Tonga. And for years, the King of Tonga didn't allow any collection of these things. And these things are one of the the most sought after and rarest clams in the trade six of them came in well six of them came in and i think it was 2017 maybe 2016 honestly i can't remember anymore uh, one went to chicago one went to germany one went to unique corals in la and i got three of uh -huh. them um well unfortunately the two um one of them I actually got as a as just a shell. It already arrived dead, but I wanted the shell because the shells themselves are Smithsonian pieces. Really? A shell of a devil clam is incredible. It's an incredibly rare clam. So we're looking um, at the, this one picture of um, it's it's laid out. It's I guess it's not in the water, and the, it's it's the uh, the mantle is kind of like receded in, inside the shell. Is that kind of like um, the start of its decline? Yeah. Or is that when Okay. Yep, it was part of its decline. It was starting to die, and I and I recognize when a clam's about to die. So, I am not gonna waste this clam. One, it's really expensive, and two, I said, how many people in human history have eaten a Tavora clam? So, uh, quickly, what's the retail on a Tavora clam? It's it's just kind of um, you could get whatever for it. It just depends who wants to buy it. I I wasn't even selling them. I didn't like want thousands sell them. of dollars. You could get. You could get fifteen hundred dollars. You could get ten thousand dollars. It really depends mm. on who, how bad somebody wants that clam. Um, they were expensive when they came in. I think they wholesaled wholesaled around. I want to say fifteen to sixteen hundred. Wow. I could be wrong. It was a while ago, but I think it was. That's what they wholesaled for. Um, so I didn't want to let this just kill this clam. I said, I'm going to eat it. So, <laughs> so hold on, you're, you're renting I it actually, right now. I see, you know, you got, well, so, so actually I took it out of the system. I ate some of it raw at the shop. I ate part of the mantle and I ate part of the, the, the scallop part. The so, muscle, so, the so dude, you weren't worried that this thing was dying and I might've had a disease and all that stuff. And I, I was worried, but it was a once in a lifetime <laughs> opportunity. And I just said, I'm going to risk it. You want to eat it. Um, I want it. I want to taste it and eat it. I'm not going to let it go to waste. So, so yeah, I um, I ate it, and actually the little muscle part on the shell was delicious. It was it was fantastic. The mantle part itself wasn't that great. It was like kind of chewy and, and weird. You um, made tacos. So that fish, was clam tacos. So that was just a little. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a little. Uh, I I I did a taste test raw. I froze the meat. I had my one of my best friends is a sushi chef. And we went to, I went to uh, my other friend Abel's house and 
and Johnny, uh, the sushi chef, met met us there, and he was too scared to prepare it raw. <laughs> so he he basically made us saute it, and then we made tacos out of it, and we had Tavora tacos from Tonga, <laughs> which was kind of cool. And you didn't, and you didn't, and they were good. And you they didn't get good. violently ill afterwards. <laughs> no, no, nothing happened. We were, we were worried, but nothing happened. It's all good. And are we ever going to see those clams again come into the trade? So, two, two years ago, maybe it was a year and a half, about two years ago, Jake calls me and he's like, dude, there's a devil clam that's available. And I said, you got to jump on it. You got to get it. And he's like, it's expensive. I said, you got to get it. Even if, and, and we both knew the risk. We both knew it was more than likely going to die. Yeah. But we said, I said, dude, the shell by itself is a Smithsonian piece. You got it. Hopefully, knock on wood, it lives. But if it dies, you will always have that shell. When you say it's a, when and, you say um, it's a Smithsonian piece, are you saying that's a collectible that uh, can fetch a lot of money? It's just a rare museum type, type uh, you know, artifact that it's not. Because these clams are very deep water, it's hard, hard to very, find. very uncommon yeah. in Tonga. Um, so it's they're not like a Darasa clam or a Squamosa clam or a Hippopus clam. These are these you just don't see them out there. Um, so so yeah, Jake Jake ended up buying one too a couple <laughs> oh, years ago, and unfortunately it passed away. But you know he got the he had the shell, and so yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, listen, I, I, so, I mean, what, what, what's the theory that, uh, they're just coming in with disease or something like that, or it's just not, uh, yeah. okay. And it, it had the typical symptoms of the, of the, you know, pinch mantle and, uh, and all that, that just the clams get. So unfortunately, uh, yeah, it didn't make it, but still got the shells. You got, you got the shells around, uh, the, uh, the shop. Yep. They, they are. I got one right above me. Yeah. Let's me check it out. You? So, can you yeah. see that? That's one, and then the other two are kind of far away, and I'm, I'm kind of lazy. I don't feel like yeah, walking over yeah, there, we, but there's get, two more over the there. <laughs> um, so, so speaking of Jake again, you uh, you mentioned something interesting to me before the uh, the live stream. You want to talk about the bottle caps? Oh, I forgot to show you. I gotta yeah, show you. Yeah, all right, Hold show on. us the bottle caps. So, yeah, so when, when Jake came out here to, to do, uh, you know, he'd come out and visit from time to time. Not often, because it's hard for him to get out from Colorado, right? But, so every time he'd come, obviously, we would or he would have a bunch of drinks. <laughs> and do you see these bottle caps on the door? Mm -hmm. So, Jake put those up there, and they've basically been up there ever since. <laughs> so, he would just drink. And then he would just put one up there and I had no idea. <laughs> so a few, like maybe a, I didn't, I probably didn't recognize them or even see them for two or three weeks. And then I noticed them and I'm just like, how the heck are these up here? <laughs> and then I remembered <laughs> Jake drinking and, uh, and I got mad at first. I was like, cause everybody knows I hate trash being left at oh. my shop. So, uh, I was like, dude, why did you leave those bottle caps there? And then he just, you know, he was laughing and then, and then I just left them and then I just left them up there. And I remember one fell on the floor and instead of throwing it away, I picked it up and I put it right back up there. 
and from that moment, I just knew those guys were going to be there yeah, forever. That's and cool. They've been there. Yeah. So every time I see it, it's a memory of Jake, which is yeah. cool. Yeah, that's nice. Um, what else do I want to ask you about? Oh, yeah, let's talk about uh, we're kind of we're kind of hopping around here in terms of different topics. But uh, talk to us about the uh, the cash money clown fish. I got a I got a oh, picture of that. Um, yeah, the cash money. That's clown. Uh, kind of a <clears throat> famous picture, right? Or a clownfish. Yeah, so the cash money clown was a wild caught clownfish from the from Solomon's that uh, that I got from Dave Palmer. Uh, Dave Palmer owns Aquarium Arts. He's actually a guy that I would love for you to have him on one day because Dave's stories are insane. He has stories from for just <laughs> I think he he grew up with Genghis Khan and did <laughs> trades with that guy. So yeah, Dave got incredible stories. Uh, but anyways, I got this clown from Dave, and I I actually didn't notice the pattern on it, but. It had a cool little dollar sign symbol symbol on it, and he just became known as the wild caught cash money clown. It was just a true percula from the Solomons that that was pretty pretty so, cool. Uh, so I love uh, true perculas, really do. Yep, my yeah. favorite, my favorite yeah. fish. True perculas and a Tongan golden blenny. If anyone has any leads for the Tongan golden blenny, you let me know. That that it looks like a lawnmower uh -huh. blenny. But it's yellow. It's straight up yellow. And there's different variants of it. Sometimes they're gray. Sometimes they're black. But sometimes they're yellow like a yellow tank. Really? And those things are incredible. Um, but, yeah, I heard the the lady that used to collect them out, out in Tonga, she had a stalker or something like that. And and, and she stopped collecting them. And that this was in 2003, 2004. They stopped coming in. Once in a while, one would trickle through from Fiji, but the Fiji ones didn't have the same yellow brilliance as the ones from Tonga had. Um, but yeah. Um, what else did I want to ask you? There's a whole bunch of stuff still, uh, Ali, that I wanted to ask you. I mean, I got time. We could talk, baby. <laughs> um, what 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 else? Uh, you know, you had a little uh, list in terms of stuff you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Did we? Uh, did we hit everything? Let's see. Um, Not really, but uh, <laughs> it's all good. Um, let's see. Um, so do you guys know the story about the Picasso Percula Clown? Tell us. So the Picasso Percula Clown, you know, you see the ORA Picasso Percula, which is a very common fish these days. But the very, I, I named it Picasso Percula. The first one I found at, uh, well, um, Eric and Dennis Reynolds, who owned Aquamarines, they were known to get really funky fish here in L.A., uh -huh. really funky fish and really funky corals. Dennis was the father. Eric was, was his son. And um, they would just get the coolest stuff. And Eric called me, and he's like, Ali, dude, we got this weird-ass clownfish. And Because everyone knew I was the clownfish guy. Every, you know, So he calls me. I go over there, and I couldn't believe it. It, it, was, it puts to shame any... Picasso variant that you yeah. see. So this was in 2003. And I, I remember taking a picture of this fish and posting it on Reef Central and just titling it Picasso Percula. And people just kind of lost their minds. Like, what the <laughs> heck is this Photoshop? What is this thing? And, and yeah. So then in 2004, a year later, over the course of a month, 
a bunch of them started coming in wild caught. A bunch of wild, just psycho looking, you know, Jigsaw, Picasso, uh, True Perculus. And ORA got one of those wild caught, paired it up with the True Percula, and, you know, used the Picasso name. Yeah. And, and, but the original Picasso was a year before, and that was purebred. It was basically just True Percula, True Percula. That was just, that was just nuts. Um, they're gorgeous. So that Gor was kind of gorgeous cool. fish. If somebody could find the picture of the of the old Reef Central post that I did back in 2003, that would be awesome. I just don't know how to how to because you know, Sir, uh, Reef Central became archived yeah. and a bunch of the photos and disappeared. And yeah, you can't get it. But if there was somehow some way to get that, that would be that would be spectacular. Um, so. So yeah, yeah. That's just here comes that's a customer knocking on my door. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna tell him to come back. <laughs> just yell, you're closed. <laughs> no, he knows oh. I'm closed. This is one of my good customers. He lives just down the oh. street. He knows I'm doing a podcast. You can see it. He's coming back. He'll come back later. Um, that's just like spawned like a whole craze in terms of um, you know the variants with the uh, the Picassos and and all that stuff. I mean, it's and, yeah. and now it's gotten to the point where. Um, there's an oversaturation, right? I mean, you can't like, uh, you know, they used to be like super expensive and, and, and super, um, you know, people were just kind of like, I got to get one of those. I got to get a pair of that. And, and, uh, you know, now it's just kind of like, it's, it's, uh, there's just too many of them out there. It's flooded. I agree. And they're all, I mean, it's hard to find a, a perfect textbook tank raised true percula or any clown for that matter. A lot of them have weird gill deformities, jaw deformities, so I personally still prefer wild caught troopers yeah. as my clown of choice. Yeah. You know, I wish, I wish they could tank raise them and make them super sexy and look natural and perfect. And hope maybe one day they can. But are, are those still coming know, in? I, like the, uh, the the true perks? They, they are. Yeah, they are. Not not as frequently as before, but they're starting to trickle back again. Um, but yeah, they're they're the best clowns. True Perculus from the Solomon Islands, nothing like it. Is that uh, you know you said you don't really do a lot of fish? Is that what you're 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 known as a clown guy? That's kind of like your thing in terms of the fish. Well, I I bring in fish. I just don't do a ton of fish. I do mainly small, medium sized reef fish, uh, fish that are not too prone to getting sick. Yeah. Uh, you know, in my display tanks, it's a different story. I have powder blues. I have this. I have that. But the fish that I bring in for resale are usually just easy to keep fish that are colorful that are that are um, you know they're functional they'll eat worms and flatworms and bugs and pests and i try to bring in fish that are not super prone to getting velvet uh because mm. my fish systems are not independent fish systems that i run copper or medicine they're just mixed with reef tanks so i just you know i try to bring in just stuff that's very not likely to get velvet. Any fish could get velvet, but yeah. you big time lower your odds when you pick the right fish. That's not a disease you um, want to get. Yeah, right, right. Um, so, Ali, give us um, what you would, you know, what if somebody comes into your shop is like, listen, I kind of want to get to that next level in terms of reef keeping. You know, I've kind of like been struggling with it a little bit and and uh, and what have you. What, what, what kind of advice do you have for people that want to, um, you know, improve their um, their reef keeping skills or people that are just kind of getting into the hobby? I mean, obviously, you keep it simple. So is, is that your main message? 
Yeah, that's the key is to keep it simple. If you use good RODI water that doesn't have chloramines, because chloramines is a thing we didn't have to deal with back in the day. Over here, we have to deal with chloramines. So you have to make sure your RO system has a couple, you know, carbon blocks that are chlor chloramine specific carbon blocks back to back or triple back to back. Um, so pure water for sure is important. Setting up a system where it's just a, a protein skimmer at the bottom, a small return pump, using as very little magnets in the tank as possible. Magnets these days are, are, are shitty. They're not like the magnets that Tunzi used to make back in the day. A lot of the magnets these days on some of the best products rust and develop hairline cracks and start putting toxins and metals and, and weird alloys into your water. And you don't know well, what the hell, heck is going on and it's, and it's a metal. And it's usually from magnets, a lot of probe holders, a lot of uh, tube holders. A lot of these things have junky magnets on them. So I don't use magnets. I do my best not to use any magnets mm. in, in my tanks. Um, I, use, I use good. Most of my power heads are actually Tunzi nano streams that I modify. So one trick is to get a cheap Tunzi. And these are not controllable. They're, they're just analog. You plug them in the wall and they put out a bunch of flow if you modify them. Uh, so the, the old Tunzi small powerheads, the nano streams, they're, they're three watts of energy. And if you do this modification on them where, where it's you cut out the internal plastic black uh -huh. tube, once you cut that, and you could cut it out with frag cutters. Once you cut it out, it does like four times more current for three watts of energy. You're, you're putting out tons of flow with a good magnet that's not going to mess up on you. And you could rotate it and angle it however you want. And if, you know, let's say and that's that's a budget that could be a budget um, friendly option. And if someone wants to spend a little more, I usually recommend the neuro power yeah. heads. But but even with the neuros, I tell people to take a bead of silicone. What You remove the pump off of the magnet and then there is a there is a on the back of the neuro pump itself. There's always a uh, a black line that holds uh, it's sealed and it holds a little piece of metal that connects to the internal magnet. However, sometimes water seeps in there and sometimes they're not sealed all the way. So I always tell people, let's uh, put a little bit of silicone around this so we don't ever have to worry about that. And then it, they run for years and years and you don't have that issue. Um, but magnets are a big thing these days. People got to be careful. Magnets and, and metals. Um, use a good quality salt mix. What do you, you know, like? I hate to say it. You know, I had a lot of issues with Tropic Marin. And I was the biggest fan of Tropic Marin Pro. It was an amazing salt. It just had one bad batch yeah. and can't trust it anymore. Yeah. Killed tons of corals with it. Luckily, I, I was able to recover a lot of it with Red Sea Blue Bucket. Okay. I'm not a fan of the Red Sea Pro, the black bucket. But the Red Sea Blue Bucket, it's very clean. It mixes in minutes. It's, it's 8 DKH, yeah. you know. Magnesium's not high. It's like at 1250, but you could always bump it up a little bit. The calcium's right around 400 to 430. Uh, it's just a good, and it's evaporated salt from the Red Sea. So I don't think they have to source big, major, they don't have to source magnesium or, or this or, or that like some of these other places do. And poor Tropic Marin, man. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people stopped, stopped using their stuff because of the salt, but it, I don't think it was their fault. I think they just... During COVID, they couldn't get 
they couldn't source something they were sourcing that was dependent and reliable and they might have went with something else and that you know was a was contaminated yeah. um and it's not just tropic marin other companies have had bad batches of salt and i hear tropic marin is really good again i'm just a little gun shy too afraid You're to, gun shy. i'm, I'm gun yeah. shy uh, but but the Red Sea Blue has been good. Um, I've always in the past even used Instant Ocean, never had issues Me with too. it. Julian yeah. Julian Sprung is really good. Julian Salt, I mean. Um, re, some people mix reef crystals with Instant Ocean, and that's fine. Uh, I've seen some of the best reef tanks with Instant Ocean and reef crystals. Um, you use that Captivate stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, I use the Captivate aquaculture salt. I used to use Instant Ocean all the time, but then I switched to the uh, yeah. Captivate, and uh, yeah, I like it a lot. It's very, very clean. Right, it's, right. it's like yeah, I've heard it, good it's stuff about that. It's the four parts, you know. So you got the right. two uh, two part um, liquid, two part um, solid. I used to use the uh, the ESV salt at my old Me shop, too. like thirteen, yeah, thirteen, fourteen. That was fantastic salt. But what what would happen was. I mix these in big 200-gallon vats, which is perfect, right? Because they, they would come in 200-gallon kits. But you, I can't get all the water out of my vats. So yeah. when I go to dump the new, the new 200, you know, the the kits of 200-pound, I mean, 200-gallon salts, it just, it always be off a little bit. The ratio wouldn't be right, and it was, it got kind of annoying. So I went back to uh, to Tropic Marin or Instant Ocean, which was you and I have dabbled in the same awesome salts. Yeah. Um, so what one other thing that I want to do, uh, I was curious in terms of what you advise people to do in when when they're starting a tank out, you know, obviously you, you were showing us you, you didn't have a lot of live rock or a lot of rock in <clears throat> your display tanks. So um, ask me this. I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> live rock or dry rock? No, I told oh, yeah, right. About... You guys made fun of me. Uh, tell, tell the story. But my question to you was going to be, you know, how do you recommend people start a, a new reef tank? You know, um, what's the process? Is it that you take the dry rock, you do the bottle bacteria deal? Do you find some live rock? Tell your story first, then you can answer. You can mock me first, and then you could, uh, <laughs> then you can tell, well, provide I mean, the answer. You know, sometimes just Jake and I would call each other, right? So we wouldn't say hi. We wouldn't say nothing. We would just call each other and do your voice and just <laughs> no hi, no nothing. Just live rock or dry rock. And <laughs> so, so yeah, when I started doing this live stream a few years ago, I, th I guess I was on this whole like um, dry rock sucks, live rock is king. And um, yeah, a lot of... Well, live rock is wonderful. Dry rock, if it if it hasn't sat in the rain, is really good too. Um, you had issues with the carob sea arch rock or the carob sea rock. I use carob sea rock for most of my tanks. Well, okay, I take that back. Initially, I start I started these tanks with Indonesian live rock. Ah, there you go. But yeah, Indonesian mm. live rock. But I've converted a lot of them to the Carib Sea Arch Rock because you, I really, really the, like uh, the Arch the Carib Sea Life Rock. The, yeah, but they make one called the Arch. The Arch. Just arches. Is, the arches are yeah, awesome. That's... Yeah, because when you do your aquascaping with those, it's all open yeah. underneath, so you get fantastic water current everywhere. But if that Arch Rock had been sitting out in the rain, so let's say the suppliers held it and it was out in the rain, yeah, sometimes you'd have funky issues with it. But the stuff that was shipped and never got wet, which is the majority of that rock, 
I never had I've, issues I've with had that. a lot that of issues with mine, you know. But, yeah. Um, I bet you it sat out in the rain, but who knows? Who knows? There's so many different variables in this hobby. It could have just been something got introduced to the tank, goes on. So, know, all right. So knows? somebody comes into the shops like, I want to start a reef tank. What do you tell them to do in terms of the rock and the cycling and all that stuff? What's your advice? So, so you know, it's hard to source live rock yeah. these days. So I usually use either real reef, the brand real reef rock, right? The brand, not, I'm not yeah. saying real reef, yeah. but so the real reef rock brand and care or carapsy arch rock. And I, you know, I tell them how to aquascape the tank where you use minimal rock. You make a couple aesthetic asymmetrical islands. So you mimic something natural and something uh, that's pleasing to the eye. Don't go too high with your rock because you want the corals to eventually take up the space and, 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 and fill up the, the areas. You want to aquascape your tank with corals from the future, if yeah, that makes any sense. Totally. Um, so, so yeah, so I tell them, you know, we just use a little bit of rock. I, you know, back in the day we used what, two pounds per gallon yeah. and all that. It, it's just, we don't need any yeah. of that rock. You could set up a tank now with no rock and just aquascape it with corals and there's still enough biofiltration on a reef tank that's not absolutely jam-packed with fish. If it's just the reasonable amount of fish, there's enough bacteria just in your sump, just in your glass. So you, you don't know, think you there, don't need so you don't think there, there needs to be specific uh, biomedia or substrate or whatnot to colonize bacteria so so that's it so i'm just talking about the rock and you still need the bacteria to colonize the glass yeah. the rock or whatever so that so the way i usually like to do it i'm not a huge fan of acting like adding a, a little bottle of bacteria although i've done it and it's not it still works i prefer to add a little bit of coralline algae or, or dead snail shells or old old uh, detritus or whatever from a healthy mm, established okay. tank just add a little bit of that into the tank and you're seeding it. Uh, inoculate you're, you're it with seeding that. The tank. Yeah. And then if the tank is brand new and it's not, it's just done with dry rock. I tell people just to add like, you know, a couple of cubes of Hikari frozen food, frozen mice shrimp to it and just kind of get it going. So you start with that and then you let it go. I tell people, wait a month, put, put the back, put the bacteria or detritus or snail shells or whatever, put your rock in, put the good salt water in, and just let the system run with no lights. Just let it run for a month or whatever. After a month, I tell them to start putting corals in the tank. Don't add fish yet. Just build the tank up with corals. First, because everybody's on a budget these days, don't put an expensive coral. Just get a couple $20, $30 little fragments as testers. Put those in the tank. If these testers do good, which they should if you follow that protocol, if they do good and they're open and they're fluffy, Okay, add another coral. Wait a little bit. Add another couple of corals. Wait a little bit. I, I tell them, if you have the patience, don't add fish for the first three or four months, hmm. which takes a lot of discipline. How, you know, um, I don't have that discipline. What about testing and but, whatnot so you know you're through the nitrogen cycle? If you if you use real reef or carapsea and you inoculate it with a little bit of bacteria like we talked about and you wait a month, and you add, you know, a couple cubes of food and you just wait that month, you're going to be, it'll be done. 99% of the time it'll be done. So you could buy a whole test kit for ammonia nitrites, but shit, you're never going to use those damn test kits again. You're going to just use them yeah. for the nitrogen cycle and, and then they're going to go to yeah. waste. So just wait the month, 
put a couple tester corals in. If the corals open up, your water's good. And then just, just start building up with corals, start building up with corals. And then if you see like a pair of true perculas that comes your way, add them yeah, to the tank. Hardy. So just build it up. Yeah, just build them up, build it up slowly, build it up slowly with the fish. But you could kind of build them up kind of quick enough, uh, you know, with the corals and it's, and it's all good. Um, um, Percy Adams said, my friend took the gunk of my skimmer to seed his tank. Interesting. Yeah, why not? Hmm. Never, uh, never, why not, Percy? Never thought I would, uh, yeah, interesting. Um, yeah. Dude, um, this is, uh, this has been pretty awesome. I, um, I feel like, uh, I, I feel very honored to, to finally have you appear on a uh, live stream and, and, and for you to be on the, uh, on the show, uh, Ali. I think you and I had connected uh, years and years ago via Reef Central, probably at some point in time. Yeah. But yeah. Um, no. Yeah, man, Keith, this is an awesome thing you got going here, man. <laughs> this is fantastic. You you guys watch a bunch of those like um, health podcasts where that you know there's like there's a there's a guy like you talking and and they bring in like different you know health guests and they're talking about you know new things and longevity this and that. Well, you're doing all that for for reef tanks, so. Keep it up, man. This is really good. You have really smart people on, really experienced people. You get a lot of different perspectives. Um, so, no, man, keep up the good work, dude. You're doing an awesome, awesome job. Well, I appreciate it. It's fantastic. I appreciate that, man. And uh, let's so let's uh, let's do a little plug for you. How do, how do people find you? Or do you need any more customers? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, they could, I guess they could find me uh, by coming to my shop. I don't ship or anything. Uh Instagram. I have an Instagram that I barely barely <laughs> use, but it's amazing aquariums and reefs, like all spelled out. Uh, I've had that since like 2012, I think, but I don't post a ton on it. I don't do a lot of social media. I like to be low key. I just like people coming in and me helping them. And uh, I like talking to my old school buddies like you and, and, you know, making friends with my customers that come in and, uh, it it's, yeah, and if you guys need like tank setups, I do tank setups and and all that kind of jazz. Uh, man, so whatever, come over. Have it's some fun. Uh, it's refreshing, dude, because um, you know you're doing the opposite of like what ninety nine percent of the people out there that run a a reef keeping uh, business are doing, which is like you're not doing social media. You're uh, you know you're not doing the fancy equipment or the fancy lights and all that stuff. You're just kind of like keeping it really basic and simple. And you're having some great success and you create, you've got like this, you know, sounds like an awesome community in terms of your, uh, your customers and, and what have you. And it, it, it just kind of reminds me of the way reef keeping was when I got into it, you know, it's like going to frag yeah, swaps yeah. and you're, you're, you're meeting people and, and you're connecting and you're trading stories and sharing knowledge. And, uh, I commend you dude for, uh, for carrying on that that old school tradition. And, uh, I, I, I hope that there'll be more, you know, more Ali's out there like you. Oh man. There's a, there's a lot of us old schoolers, as long as, uh, we keep doing, you know, what we're doing and, and we treat each other kindly and, and help each other out. You know, it's, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll all keep going. Yeah. All right, Ollie. Well, listen, man, I'm going to let you go because uh, obviously you got people knocking on your door, even on your day off. So, <laughs> but all right, I, bro. Uh, it was, uh, it was great uh, being here and yeah, thank you everybody for watching.
and uh, we'll do it yeah, again sometime. Absolutely, man. I would love to have you back on. So uh, that's going to do it for this show. I want to thank Ali for being uh, on the live stream. Also, want to thank both Bulk Reef Supply and Ecotech Marine for sponsoring the live stream. And I also want to thank Paul, the moderator, who's also the president of the Boston Reefer Society. That's also important. Please join and support your local reefing clubs. They're a big part of our uh, ecosystem in this hobby. Also, want to let you know that all episodes of Rapid and Reef Bummer available as podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon. My next Rapid on the Reef Bum live stream will be on next Tuesday, January 30th, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. My guest will be Shane Backer from SBB Corals. You can check out the full upcoming schedule of guests on reefbum.com under the YouTube section. Until next time, be safe and be well. Later.